0: You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been
1: trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
2: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone
1: calls? Hang up the phone! Prank caller! Prank caller!
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608- Five zero one zero seven one eight do you want to know why? I'm just wondering if anybody wants to know this. Do you want to know why I kind of elongate that intro if you'd like to call in if you'd like to participate it's 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 redundant. Why do you say two different things? Because I need to be able to make sure the intro goes until the music stops because then I need to turn on the audio so that you can hear my computer audio. But I can't do that until the the uh, the intro stops. So I had to figure out a way to keep talking. And that's just what I said to stretch it out. And um, it stuck. So now I just say that every time. And it ends right around the time that the music stops. So then as soon as it stops, I can click that. Click on the next caller. Click play. Bing, bang, boom. Smooth. Although it usually isn't smooth anyways. But a little bit of a... a bit of a peek... Behind the old curtain there. Uh, Aaron, what's going on? What's up, Brian?
0: Um, so there's all this talk about A.J. Dillon and him not being great and everything. And I think in the end, what it comes down to is personality. Like, I agree. So when you have a running back like Aaron Jones, who's just like that small kind of quick, fast guy, like a humble personality works, like a Aaron Jones-type personality works, where it's like maybe you might get him on the field and he might Talk a little trash, but for the most part, he lets the play do the work or play do the talking. But then you have the big backs who have to run through guys, and that's A.J. Dillon, right? But A.J. Dillon, when he's trying to have like this nice, calm, he's a sweet person. Personality of oh, I'm just gonna sit back and collect my football cards and yeah, no, he's a sweet mayor of he's a Door sweet County man. and just enjoy my life up here.
2: By the way, and I got mocked for this, but just so we're clear, this is exactly why I was worried about Lucas Van Ness. Now, it doesn't seem to be a problem. I don't necessarily know his personality. But when you got this, like, pretty boy haircut, it makes me nervous. Because at the end of the day, football is about a mentality. Even for Aaron Jones a little bit, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, certain positions you need to be, like you can be a diva receiver or kind of a diva corner. You got to be a little, have a little bit of an edge. But there are certain positions you can't be a pretty boy and you can't be sweet. Maybe you can, I don't know, but, you know, Aaron Donald, he's a psychopath. He tried to kill a guy with a helmet. He's choked multiple people, including our offensive guard. You know, I've, I've, I've talked about a lot of these different guys. They're, they're, they're a little crazy. They're kind of violent people. We knew this going back a long time. I mean, you go back into the, the 50s and 60s, these were the outcasts of society. These are guys that, you know, if they weren't playing um, football, they'd probably be in a biker bar in a biker gang or something somewhere. These are guys who play football, and then they go into the bar and smash a bottle over somebody's head. So I know if you read too much into this today, you're going to be shamed, because how dare you ever characterize anyone any kind of way ever. We have that kind of a thing in society today. But at the end of the day, yeah, Dylan could be a good running back. There's no question. But I I do worry about a guy that's just a genuinely sweet human being being a guy that's going to go out and try to kill people. I mean, some people can switch it on. Like, they go on the field, they're a different person. Like, Razul apparently kind of has that a little bit. Like, he's 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 not like a—I a, mean, he doesn't come off as a sweet—like I said, he does those interviews, and he's he's trying to make you look like an idiot, which I think is hilarious because that kind of fits for a corner, in my opinion. He wants to make you look stupid. But still, like, you know, th- there's a thing where you can kind of turn it on and turn it off on and off the field. I, I genuinely think—and and to be fair— this is where I'm worried that the Packers can come up short a little bit because they're kind of working against themselves. On one hand, it's positive because it can uh, a, a, a psycho kind of player can mess up a locker room and can mess up a team. Richie Incognito, right? Unbelievably good football player. That dude was crazy. Kind of messes with your locker room a little bit, though. But when you explicitly and deliberately try to go out and find, like, just genuinely sweet human beings, you can get some home runs. You can get an Aaron Jones home run. You can probably get away with that with quarterbacks like Jordan Love or... You know, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks, I think, have seemed like genuinely just nice people. Drew Brees seemed like a really good dude. As far as I can tell, I mean, Manning was a little bit of a D-bag, I think. I mean, he seems nice now, but he sounded like he was kind of a D-bag. I'm just saying, Green Bay, if you can find a guy with a little bit of an edge... I I think Rashawn Gary would be a a good example. Rashawn Gary is a... Little bit of a psychopath, but he channels all that energy into this weird kind of like hyper loyal psychosis where you believed in me, you brought me in, you are not my family. It's almost like this mafia kind of thing. Like when you're family, we, we stand up for family, we protect family. And if you cross my family, I'm going to freaking kill you. That's for Sean Gary. He is fiercely loyal, which is a great thing. He loves the guys in that locker room. He will fight and bleed and die for that football team. And he's also a crazy person who wants to kill everybody else on the field with a different colored jersey. That, to me, is like the perfect kind of guy who's going to be a good locker room guy, fiercely loyal, hardworking, but still crazy. You just got to be careful, though, because if you cross him or disrespect him, which, I mean, if we could get him that contract, that'd be great. I'm worried that that, you know... With guys like that, if betrayal comes in, like that's something that won't be tolerated. I will not tolerate betrayal. I got your back, I expect you to have my back. I kinda think that's like Zadarius a little bit. You know, when we believed in Zedarius, he was the guy. And then when he felt slighted by the Packers, it was done. He was done with this team. Screw this team, screw this locker room, screw everybody. I mean, we can't pretend there isn't some kind of a psychology to this. Like, no, no, everything's fine, everybody's fine, all stripes and sizes. Anybody can play any position, any mentality, any any body type. Bro, come on. Come on. Don't even with me, all right? Telling me it doesn't matter. Of course it freaking matters.
0: All right, now you sound of is You know how I feel. You're not going to get like that tough, like, I'm going to run through you type of mentality. So it's just like, he kind of has that mentality of a short, speedy back, but not the body for it. And so when you have him just trying to, like, be patient and wait behind the lines instead of just, I'm going to run through you type of m- mindset, he's not going to get anywhere. So if A.J. Dillon could get this, like, mentality of just a dog mentality, he could be unstoppable. But I think that is the one thing that's holding him back. Um, and Um And I think that is kind of to a degree where the Packers have a little bit of a downfall sometimes, is that they look for the... Exactly. Sorry, I'm on a run right now, so I'm just kind don't of do, processing. Don't, everything. don't do
2: that. Um, you're running but... right now? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Aaron, you, now you're pissing me off. Bro, mm, if I was on a brisk walk, I wouldn't be able to call into a show. You're not on a run. Just tell me you're lying. All right, just real quick, to be like, I'm lying. I'm sitting in a on my couch eating a potato.
0: Um, yeah, it's just like I'm on a run. The Packers have notoriously been the kind of team that gets like the good players that have like upstanding personalities that are gonna do better and whatever. And but when you have a big bruiser back, you need a big bruiser mindset, and that's one thing AJ Dillon doesn't have. Um, I don't know if he had that in college or what. But no, really. he certainly doesn't now, and that's one thing that's holding him back from being that Derrick Henry, from being that everything that he could be. And, yeah, um, but that's just that. And so hopefully he can figure it out, because uh, I love A.J. Dillon, but he needs to do something to get to that next level. And I'm almost out of time, so I'll talk to you later. wonder if you can practice that. Air it out.
2: What? All right. Oh, air it out. I was like, what? Air it out. <laughs> in conclusion, stop running. Just air it out. Screw these guys. I wonder if you can, like, train that part of you. Because I don't I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to pretend I have it. I don't. I couldn't be an NFL football player because I'd see people run at me. But, ah, no, don't hurt me. It's in about me. But that's the point. Like, there's a certain kind of person. And I don't know. I wonder if we could, maybe we could start Dylan out with, like, a neck tattoo. Just see how it feels for a little bit. Tell them stop going to Door County. That's what like old white women do, you know, having like sipping wine and stuff. Like, I'm sorry. I know you're the mayor, but maybe check out like West Alice or something, you know, something a little bit more grimy. Maybe instead of being the, the, the mayor, you could be like the police chief of West Alice. They'll give you like a honorary badge. They'll give you like some, some cowboy chaps and you can walk up and down the street. Like, hey, stop drinking so much and puking while you're driving. Ah, you jerk. Maybe a face tattoo. I don't I you know, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Sure I'll figure it out. It'll be fine.
3: Alrighty. righty. Calling for Monday after the game. Thomas
2: Austin what's up? emotions
3: ran high after it, so it's just kinda giving me some time to cool down. But let's take a look at the positives. A lot of a lot of people are calling for the heads of many different people. Uh, Joe Barry, obviously, is always on the chopping block because whenever something uh, doesn't go our way on defense, it's his fault, which is to blame. It is his fault. He should be making sure that the best thing happened. However, however, there are some studs on the Falcons' offense that if they get the ball, they are going to tear up many defenses, and ours were able to hold them down to mid-20 points and That's something that we should be uh looking looking forward to. Uh on offense, Jordan Love. Oof man. If you would have told me that Jordan Love would be playing the way he plays for most of the game, I would have told you, yeah, duh. That's I've seen yeah, that's a he's a Packers quarterback, of course. That's what they do. Dummies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. But these young guys Go out there, try their hardest when they're on a passing, uh, passing play. Uh, the rush obviously needs to be better. Um, and however, Aaron Jones isn't going to be out the whole season. Bakhtiari isn't going to be out the whole season. Jenkins isn't going to be out the whole season. Uh, and it gives some people some valuable time to learn. And that's that's an important part. Is losing hurts? Um, I'm happy to get. The, the first loss of the Jordan Love era out the way early because I don't think that this loss is indicative of how the team will perform against everybody. I am very positive that what we see on the offense for most of the game is going to continue because it's just you know, falling apart in the fourth quarter. What's more Packers than that? <laughs> uh, sorry, my car is beeping at me. Um, overall, special teams to their job, which is wild to say that special teams kind of feels like the most um, consistent and decent basis for the Packers. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the season. It's not the end. This is just the beginning. You don't lose and, like, Bunker down, you
2: lose and learn. Carry on, move forward, and go back up. Can always uh, look forward to your positivity. And you're right about the Falcons having some studs. I know uh, Justice Muscata has put out this big thread of, you know, um, basically, I don't want to say he's defending Joe Barry because that's not necessarily what he's doing, but it's more like for all the people that constantly want to just blame Joe Barry. Here's a thread of all the mistakes the Packers people made. But I will say there were a handful of those that I'm like you should probably just delete this one. And I get it like you, you your job is to tackle people, but there's like two of them that have to do with not tackling Bijan Robinson and it's like look, I I we all know what a missed tackle looks like. We know what an ugly like you should have had him. You're right there, wrap up, be a man, bring him down. I'm watching these Bijan runs and it's like dude, I can't really isolate one person here that i'm like come on man you should have had him no i mean it's it's maybe like one of those you know one of those like terrible throws that are kind of off your fingertips and it's like well technically you should have caught that but also it would have been like a miraculous catch if you caught that so maybe that's more on the quarterback than anything else that's kind of how those not tackling Bijan Robinson things were like yeah you should have tackled him but also if you did it would have been like holy crap dude how did you do that? Because Bijan's good, you know, and that's the other thing. Like, the other guys get paid, too. The other guys have talented players. Sometimes they just do better. You know, when 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 our guys make great plays, it's like, great play. I mean, we, and we, we saw this before where it, it was, um, we had guys breaking down the Bears game. Like, look how stupid the Bears are for this. Like, come on, man. Th- that's a great play by our guy. Can we just acknowledge that that was a great play? No, terrible design by the Bears. Like, mm, come on, man. There are times when we just get beat. And a couple of those times, that was the situation. Like, we just got beat by a better player. Now, some of the times, that's not the case. And yeah, the player messed up. Or yeah, Joe Barry, not sure what we're doing here. And I think both sides of that argument have brought up plenty of good points. To illustrate, (laughs) again, I wish they would do a better job defending their guy as opposed to just attacking everyone, because now I just feel like everything we have sucks. Well, here's 18 examples of Joe Barry being stupid. Cool. Here's 19 examples of our players sucking. Like, Oh, great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your contribution to the Packersphere. That's wonderful. Now I love my life. But yeah, they. I mean, look, they made plays, man. It sucks. We want to believe that we control every single thing, and every good play by another team simply means we didn't execute, but, you know, it's not exactly how that goes. And it actually feels good to acknowledge, like, they got a good player there. Because then you you look at it and go, you know, again, I've been kind of high on, on Savage a little bit as far as like the last couple of weeks. And then he has a bad grade. And if you look at it, it's like, well, he probably had a bad grade because he missed those tackles. And I'm surprised that dude has an ACL after those two missed tackles that he had. Because it looked like his knee snapped both times. And again, we can be mad at Savage, but that's why you're a piece of crap. Like, I don't think so, dude. He's been cleaning up everybody. He's been doing pretty solid. And I'm guessing there might be one running back, maybe another one. I don't even know who it would be. but. Basically, give me any other running back in that situation, I think Savage gets him. And, and he probably doesn't even have to on either of those, because he wouldn't have even gotten to Savage if it was anybody other than Bijan. Yeah, he made our guys look stupid. That sucks. That's what happens when you invest a first-round pick in one of the best running backs we've seen come out in a long time. Now, there are drawbacks to that, clearly. You know, long-term vision, is this the best possible thing you can do for your team? Not necessarily, but you know what you can do? You can make the Packers' defense look stupid sometimes. Just like they made guys look last week look stupid, they're going to make guys next week look stupid. It's okay to acknowledge the opponent has some good players once in a while. Even, even Justin Fields, like, you know, ah, we couldn't bring him down. Dang it. Stupid team. No. Fields is really good. Not at passing or being a quarterback, but like escaping sacks and stuff breaking ankles like he's actually kind of good at that which by the way is why i would propose that we should make a trade with the bears for justin fields we will take him i don't know what we can offer it's not going to be much it's not going to be a first round second round or might not even be a third round pick i don't know he's going to be a running back for us he's gonna be a running back and then there you go we got aaron jones and justin fields in the backfield and dylan and dylan he's still there um he's still there again i hate to be super harsh on Dylan. Because, again, the offensive line has been just stupid bad. And even Aaron Jones, despite the fact that we're like, oh, he's so good, that was on two passing plays mostly, right? I mean, he he's ranked like 13th based on his rushing performance, which is not his his standard either. So the offensive line is massively failing right now at, at run blocking, even for Green Bay Packers standards, which is saying something. Because we don't have any standards when it comes to run blocking. By the way, I kind of hope that people hear this you know, like I want Matt LaFleur to hear me say those words just so we can get pissed off. Like, it's fine. I I, I acknowledge they're all going to hate me, but I want, because that has to just hurt to his core to hear that. Do you know how much pride he takes in that? That's got to piss him off. I hope it does. Same with Dylan. Like, oh yeah, you're a jerk. He's going to be mad at you. Good. That's the point. I want him to get mad. I don't know if he's ever been mad in his life. Get mad, hate something, hate me, take it out on the other guy, to make do a whole water boy thing. That linebacker, that's that freaking podcaster that said you're a sweet man. Go kill him, kill him, I, I murder him. Thank you. Um, other comment you made, Thomas. Don't remember exactly what you said, but I know what it prompted me to think of, and it was, um, you know, th- there there are some positives here to one of the things that annoyed me on, I guess, this morning's podcast. And that is that rookies are the ones that that stepped up and none of the veterans did. If we assume that that's sort of not going to be the norm for the season and that good players will play well at some point, that's actually kind of a big positive. Jordan seems to be playing pretty well. The rookies seem to be playing pretty well. Dobbs seems to be playing pretty well. We'll see about Watson when he comes back. Um, Assuming guys that are good can be good, there's still a pretty good chance this is a pretty good football team. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's several qualifiers that makes it have no impact whatsoever, but I'm just saying, if the good stays good, and the guys that are generally good remember that they're good and go back to being good, that would be great. Jair in particular, because one of the things on that Savage play where he didn't get that pick, I was significantly more confused and annoyed by Jair than I was by Savage. I know it seems like most people are very angry about missed interceptions. I'm not nearly as angry about missed interceptions. The Savage one is bad because he didn't at least break it up. The other ones, it's like, dude, first of all, Jair did everything right. He read it, he reacted, he jumped the route, and he got a pass breakup. Those are all positive things. It's it's the the, the fact that it could have been something else. It's like, yeah, I understand, but I'm, I'm not going to just pretend that a pass breakup, by you know jumping a route and breaking up a pass, is suddenly a bad thing, just because it could have been better. No, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's like if somebody walks up to you out of nowhere and they hand you a hundred dollar bill and you're like dude what like yeah i just wanted to, to help you out a little bit today and then he's like oh wait a minute is that a Oh crap hold on i'm sorry he takes it away and he gives you a ten dollar bill he's like I, I apologize i didn't mean to give you that i meant to give you the ten but still i hope you enjoy that and you look at him like you're a piece of crap you just took ninety dollars from me like, no he gave you ten dollars that might be the biggest piece of crap in the world this guy stole ninety dollars from me can you believe that like i get it it's nowhere near as good. 10 bucks compared to 90 nowhere near as good. But the guy just gave you $10. Why are we getting so pissed off about this? I don't know. But anyways, yeah, that, that Jair on that uh, Darnell Savage missed opportunity there where he mistimed his jump. Watching him, I was just confused the entire time. I mean, obviously he bit, but once he realized that the quarterback had it, he still didn't. Like, at one point, he did start to be like, oh, I got to run. And then it's almost like he realized, if I run, I'm going to look really bad because I'm way behind, maybe I'll just pretend like I was supposed to be over here and I'm just going to hang out over here even though there's one guy here and he's completely covered. But I'll just help with this guy and it makes it look like I'm doing something. Rather than just doubling back and trying to get back there, which considering how bad that throw was and how long it hung up there for Savage to be able to get all the way across, maybe he could have got over there. I don't know. If he'd have just recognized it, got on his horse and sprinted backwards, maybe he could have got there. Either way, I have no idea what Jair was doing on that play. Basically just let the guy run behind him and Savage, who is the the only safety back there, like ah he's got it. <laughs> I mean technically you're right. I mean he did get there in time, but that's a little messed up, I think, kind of. I don't know. Just saying.
4: Hey, it's Nate. Again, um. Hi. I just wanted to call in to give us some uh some positive um things uh to look at. I think okay. the loss was such a bummer, we're all kind of spiralling a little bit.
2: Um, rightfully so. so,
4: you know, there was a lot of issues in the game.
2: But, but- just just to elaborate on that. The Packers started the season significantly better than we thought we would. We we not only didn't get blown out week one like many of us expected, we actually won the game and then almost beat the Falcons, um, but we lost by one point after losing a bunch of really critical pieces. I mean, we should not be inconsolable at this point. Because if we are, we're kind of falling into the trap that a lot of people said we would, which is we don't know how to handle this. and And it seems like maybe we don't. Like, we don't know how to be anything. I I understand like well. We should have you know, guys should have done this, that, or the other. Frickin' a man! It's a one point loss. We're number one in the division. I mean, I, I th- there's a time for evaluation, and then there's a time where it it gets to be like, okay, we are being kind of silly right now. Like at this point, if we can't get over it and move on, it's 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 a it's a problem with Packers fans.
4: Big grand scheme, silver lining. We're tied for first um yes. in the NFC North. So keep that in mind, you know. The uh the Lions dropped one uh this week also, so we are tied with them.
5: And you know,
4: it it might suck to have lost to Atlanta Falcons, but you know, the Falcons are actually looking like they might be a solid team moving forward. Like they got they got a lot of pieces it's going to be a better Falcons than what we remember, um, you know, most.
2: Yeah. And I don't expect them to be great. I still think Ritter's probably going to be a bad quarterback and that's going to hinder them quite a bit. Um, but I, but I also think that we view the Falcons through the lens of what they have been like the last couple of years, which is just a putrid team. And I don't think they're that. I think they're kind of coming out the other side of something and they're probably going to need a new quarterback but if they can get a new quarterback, then I th- kind of think you know they're they're on the on the cusp of being a very competitive football team.
4: To remember how many games that they have just collapsed in? Um, I don't think it's going to be that team anymore. Anyway.
2: Right? Exactly.
4: And I guess the biggest thing is, I mean, you guys, we we could be zero and two. Like, uh, oh, there's there's two teams. <laughs> in the NFC North and I can't remember their names, but I believe they're 0 2 now. Uh, I think it's the Vikings and the Bears.
2: I think you might I'm be right. Pretty about sure. the, I'm pretty sure the that check. they
4: haven't won a game
2: yet this year. Yeah. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And I believe they've both played Tampa. Which, you know, I mean maybe Tampa's great too. I don't know. But my understanding is that both of those teams were absolutely expected to beat Tampa at least regular in, in the in the uh, prior to the season. That was sort of the expected, at least by Bears fans. I don't know if I believe that they'd beat Tampa, but they both lost to Tampa. And if we think the Packers suck, then hey, at least the Bears they they lost to two crappy teams. Then so they really suck. So at least we're not them. Uh, yeah. So happy thoughts.
4: Um, check PFF. Check all the stats, um, I, but I, I'm pretty sure that they are zero and two, haven't won a game. Um, I'm pretty sure the game. <laughs> got to look at the advanced like a, Something like an eleven or twelve game losing streak now. Um, again, just want to you know make sure that that is correct information that I'm giving everybody that the Bears and the Vikings haven't won a game in 2023. Um, so you know, check that for me. I will and, uh, get back to me. But just remember, uh, we it could, things could be worse. We we got a. A really good team. Things are looking good. Defense might need a new coordinator. Who knows? But, um, you know, it's, there's a lot to be happy about. A lot to be happy about, everybody. So, go Packers.
2: Yeah, so as I look at it, pulling up some advanced statistics here, the Green Bay Packers are 1-1. One one. Um, they are tied for number one in the division. They have scored the second most points of any team in the NFL right now. Uh, the defense is ranked 14th in terms of points. I think, as I pointed out before, DVOA, the offense is ranked 6th. The defense is ranked 11th. Not the worst thing in the world. Offensive yards is actually uh, improved to 26th from 27th, so another team must have uh, overtaken us there. The Detroit Lions, who are t- also tied for first at 1-1, one and one, um, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs when they were in a complete collapse, and then they lost in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks 37-31. to 31. Their offense, in terms of points, currently ranks 10th, and their defense currently ranks 28th. Minnesota Vikings, let me check here. Yes, it appears they are 0-2. They lost 20-17 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then 34-28 to to the Philadelphia Eagles. Their offense, again, just sticking with points, being generic, I mean, you know, super advanced. 18th, defense 25th, which I don't think is good. I'm not sure. Then you have the Chicago Bears, who are also 0-2, tied with the Minnesota Vikings, actually, which, you know, if you would have told the Bears that they were tied with the Vikings through two weeks, I bet they would have been pretty excited about that. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, they lost 38-20 to the Packers, which seems bad, and then 27-17 to the Buccaneers, which almost seems equally as bad. I mean, it's not as bad, but that's pretty bad. They are 22nd. In points on offense and 31st in points on defense. So apparently, there's a team out there that's given up more points than 38 and 27 in the first two weeks. I can't even imagine that that's real, but apparently, that's real. Anyways, why don't we take a break? OldSouthernBBQ.com is where you can find out some of that delicious old southern barbecue rubs and barbecue sauces. Award winning, I might add. Packernet 15, capital P, capital N. Packernet 15. You can get 15% off your order. I think today, I think today, I'm going to do some pork chops. So I will be trying the barbecue rub for the first time. I mean, I tried a little pinch of it, but you don't really know until you slather it on a piece of meat and try it. But I am real excited to try the barbecue rub, and I will be sure to let you know how that goes. Again, that's OldSouthernBBQ.com. Check it out. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
5: Backies,
4: Bramble. Hey. Um, I just listened to my call about after the game and I'm listening to the after dark and I'm listening to people complain about the
6: defense and about the defense and the defense and the defense did we watch the same game the fourth quarter the Falcons were
4: running the ball right they established the run they were running the clock down they had long drives right they run the ball down the field. They run a drive for I don't know, eight minutes. What do we do? AJ Dillon falls into the offensive line and we have three and outs. Three and out, three and out, three and out. I don't understand how you guys are blaming Joe Barry and the defense when well, we couldn't pick up a damn first down in the fourth quarter. The defense gets
3: gassed.
6: What am I watching? Am I watching something different? Might be. I don't
2: get it. Well, th- the biggest reason the defense got gas was because of the defense. The easiest way to get off the field and get your breath is to get off the field and get your breath, and they couldn't do it. So I know the three and outs were bad, but l- let's just recap the drives real quick. Because by my count, there's just two three and outs. There wasn't three or four or five, there was two at the end of the game. But prior to that, so the first game they had the near interception. Then they gave up a 15-play, 67-yard drive that ate up 6 minutes and 43 seconds, and they got a field goal. Then the Packers get the ball, and they drive down 7 plays, 84 yards for a touchdown. Then the defense gets off the field after 8 plays, 42 yards, 4 minutes and 42 seconds. Which, I mean, they got off the field, but that's still, you know, a bit of time. Then the Packers get the ball, they drive down the field, 10 plays, 44 yards, 5 minutes, 45 seconds, and get a field goal. In the second half, this is where things really start to spiral. So it starts with the Falcons, and it, 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 it actually starts off good. Three plays, negative five yards, punt. Awesome. Then the Packers get the ball. Six plays, 65 yards, three minutes, 58 seconds. They scored a touchdown. Then the defense gets the ball. What do they do? They give up 13 plays, 60 yards, seven minutes and 24 seconds, and they give up a touchdown or a field goal. Packers get the ball back. What do they do? Three plays, 78 yards. They score another touchdown. Doesn't take a lot of time off the clock, but the point is, it's, it's, an, it's two plays, two touchdowns. The defense gets another opportunity, and they give up another eight plays, 75 yards, this time a touchdown. So at this point in the game, they've given up 15 plays, 67 yards over nearly seven minutes. 11 plays, 75 yards, about three minutes. 13 plays, 60 yards over seven and a half minutes. Eight plays, 75 yards, four minutes for a touchdown. If they're gassed at this point, which they are, it has nothing to do with the offense. The offense is scored on four out of seven drives. Four out of seven. That's not a bad thing. And the defense just keeps giving up drives. The defense gives up scores on one, two, three, four, five, six out of ten drives. And up to this point, it's been, let's see, they got off the field three times Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, two times in the first half, and they allowed scores on two times. I mean, even that 50% is not the best thing in the world. Then up to this point, they got to stop, and they gave up three drives in a row. Then the Packers offense gets it. They go three and out. And what happens? They give up another score. Then the Packers go three and out. They give up another score. 10 plays, 66 yards, 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Then the Packers get the ball back, and they go out on downs. So there there was a three play or a three series at the end that was bad, but prior to that the Packers scored on on most of the drives that they got. The defense was bad the entire game, right? They they got to stop in the first drive cuz they got a pick. Mozul got a pick, which is great. But then it was 15 plays 67 yards, 11 plays 75 yards, 13 plays 60 yards, 8 plays 75 yards, 8 plays 44 yards, 10 plays 66 yards. All of those were scores. And then one of the times that they actually got turnover on downs, it was still eight plays, 42 yards. This has significantly more to do with the defense's inability to get off the field in the entire game than it has to do with the Packers at the very end suddenly starting to stall out. And by the way, it shouldn't have come down to that. The Packers did everything that they should have been expected to do up to that point. If you're scoring on almost every single one of your drives, and then at the end the defense is like, hey man, we're tired, can you can you take over from here? Bro, we've done everything up to this point. You've done nothing. When do you do your part? When did the defense ever do its part? They got one pick early in the game and that's it. And we got nothing out of that. But still, I mean, nothing. We scored in four out of five drives following that, that bad punt, you know, when we went three and out. Four out of five plenty of time for them to rest, right? We have a long drive. All right, cool. Get off the field. No, I can't. Long drive. They're getting themselves gassed. Then we get the ball back. We had 10 play drive all the way down the field, giving our defense time to rest. They get on the field, get off. Nope. They allow them to drive all the way down. I mean, this is terrible. I mean, seriously, you want to know why Quay Walker broke the, the franchise record for tackles? It's because of the amount of plays that were run because of the defense, not because of the offense. The defense could not, under any circumstances, get off the field. They just couldn't do it. They got off the field, as far as I can tell, three times. Three times. That's it. I think I counted one before because it was end of the end, basically end of the game. And it was the first drive, the third drive, and the fifth drive. Other than that, the second, the fourth, the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. They scored on every single one of those drives. And even one of the ones they got off the field was a relatively long drive. We had scoring drives that went faster than, than the 8-play, 42-yard 42, uh, 42 drive, 4-minute, 42-second drive that the Falcons had when we got off the field. They're still getting tired on that one. Only two times did they help themselves in terms of actually getting off the field in an appropriate amount of time. Only twice the defense did that. So yes, Packers failed on the final three drives. On offense, That's not good. That's not acceptable. But the defense getting gassed is 100,000% the defense's fault. And again, all things considered, with the offense having no experience, the offense having four major injuries, this game should have come down to the defense, and it was the offense carrying the team the entire way through the game. And then at the very end, the offense says, we really need some help. And the defense says, no, sorry, we're tired. You're going to have to carry it the rest of the way. And they couldn't. I, I, under no circumstances, am I blaming the offense for this game. I I find that to be just, I mean, very, very different than my interpretation. I'll just say that. Yeah, (laughs) so I just, I know I've already gone through this, but this is kind of funny. It was punt, interception, punt is how it started. And then it was, they drove down the field, we drove down the field. They drove down the field, we drove down the field. They drove down the field, and then it was end of the half and then they punted, and then it was, we drove down the field, they drove down the field, we drove down the field, they drove down the field. That was that was the whole game, and then it was, yeah, they drove down the field again, and then it was punt, they drove down the field, punt, they drove down the field. No, I'm not putting that on the offense.
5: Hey, Ryan, it's uh Hey. I um, had a question for you. Would, I know you're a big fan of Bijan pre-draft, as yes. was I. I think he... I said before the draft. He looks like the next Barry Sanders to me just the way he, he moves does. and makes people miss and Um I think we saw that on display um in the Packers game. There. I remember one play specifically he broke two of our defenders' ankles and just made them look silly.
2: He did that twice. Anyways, I mean. my
5: question for you is would you rather have Lucas Vaness or Bijan? I um after week one I think I would have said Vaness because of the potential and the value of an edge rusher. However, seeing how bad our running game is without Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones aging and contract goes up a lot next year, maybe we have him for one more year, maybe not. I doubt we have him for more than any, than another year. It's so by beer. 2025, he's gone. Um, I think I'd actually maybe take Bijan. on. Um, I just think what he would do for our offense, and uh yeah, I don't know. But uh I don't know if there's gonna be another Bijan esque player in this next draft. I don't I think he is a very uh once or you know, a few times in a generation talent, I don't think he's an every year option in the draft. So might not even be an option next year. But do you think we go uh question number two for you is do you think we take high running back um in this coming year's draft? Or maybe we don't take a high one, we take like three and hope one Hope we hit on one of them. I
2: don't know. What are your thoughts? Talk to you later. I mean, I'm still taking Lucas Van Ness. I mean, unless we find out that he ends up being a bust, just because the value of an edge rusher is significantly higher than the value of a running back. With that said, I mean, obviously, if we had taken Bijan and he's able to do that kind of stuff, we're going to be real happy with that. And you can look at it, especially today, and say, well, we don't really need the edge rush help, plus Lucas Van Ness is hurt, so, I mean, where could we get the most bang for our buck? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it through the lens of a crystal ball and only really care about this exact moment in time, yes, I think Bijan probably would have been more helpful than a number three edge rusher. But, you know, outside of that, number one, Bijan is not going to be as successful here because our offensive line is not blocking. I'm sure he could do more things, just like Aaron Jones is more successful than A.J. Dillon. I mean, Bijan is going to be a a, uh, bit of a disappointment based on the blocking. No, I still think he's going to look good, and I'm sure he could have made some massive uh, and crazy plays, but I just I just think it would be a bit of a waste of his talent to be behind this offensive line. So um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great player. No team in the NFL would be disappointed in having him, but I, I think, I still believe long term, when both of these guys' careers are over, when you look back and you look at it from a, a value standpoint, it's it's going to be very difficult for a running back, even a premier running back, with a you know shortened shelf life. And just you know, value overall to to compete with an edge rusher, it's just sort of an unfair thing. So more than likely, it's going to be Lucas Van Ness. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he looks like a home run. And and if you're ever going to draft a running back in the first round, it kind of looks like that's the one you want. And yeah, it's going to suck if Lucas Van Ness doesn't mes- necessarily become that guy or whatever. And granted, Bijan wasn't even there when we were drafting, anyways. Maybe we would have if he fell to us. So there's nothing for anybody to necessarily rage about, but. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would lean premier player. Now, if we're going to compare him to some, you know, linebacker or let's say guard or center or safety, if we had taken one of those players, yeah, now now you're sort of, again, I don't want to say kicking myself because it's not available, but that's when you start to kick yourself about, man, we should have just taken Bijan. And also we got to wait and see, you know, you never know how these things are going to pan out. He looks amazing right now, Um, but we got to see how things go for the extended period of time. mean I kind of feel like he's going to have a Christian McCaffrey trajectory because he's just that kind of a guy I mean that that incredible shiftiness and vision and all that plus his receiving ability um and Christian McCaffrey's been insanely valuable for a very long time so I mean I yeah I I, if I had to guess where his value is I I think he's going to follow that track maybe he's going to be better than McCaffrey it's entirely possible I don't know but I see it as being a similar situation there. Hey Ryan, this is Embrace the Suck. What's up, man? Embrace the Suck. I uh, was watching Dylan play
4: yesterday. You figured that's why they made him a second-round pick and uh he's not coming through. So I don't think he's going to get another contract. But as far as the defensive coordinator, have you ever noticed that every time no matter who they throw back at defensive coordinator for the 49ers they end up becoming the head coach the next year, while every defensive coordinator
6: the Packers have end up as consultants or something, but not a head coach. What's up with that? Talk to you later.
2: Yeah, I mean it's, I mean the the obvious or low hanging fruit answer would be because they have better players, but. At the same time, I don't necessarily think that that's the case because they haven't had the same players. All right? It's kind of like Minnesota when you had Jerry Gray and every every safety that came through ended up beca- becoming a great safety kind of thing. Um, I think they have a culture and they also have a defensive system that has been carried on as a tradition. Um, but e- but even that, it doesn't it doesn't seem to make sense. Like culture, like what, that doesn't make sense. It's different people. It's different. You know, like I said, talk about with DNA that that makes there, there's there's no reason to believe that's a thing. Like, the Bears should stop trying to fix their offense and just lean into their identity, which is defense, because it's just something bred into their DNA that they can't get away. That doesn't make sense, but yet it keeps coming up. Same with the Packers. Like, we try to fix the defense. doesn't matter the defensive coordinator. doesn't matter the players. doesn't matter anything. doesn't matter the GM. We can't have a defense. That doesn't make sense. But what else am I supposed to do with the information? I mean, I will say the uh, Jets defense, or the 49ers defensive coordinator went to the Jets, and the Jets defense is looking pretty scary. You could say it's the players, but then I would come back with, well, we have players. So what the heck is that all about? I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what else it could be other than, again, culture. And maybe it is just sort of a locker room thing in terms of like, you, you have a culture and our, our locker room is is an offensive-led culture. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know how to fully flesh that out. But when you come into a team and the team revolves around the quarterback and, and producing points and you have an offensive head coach and Maybe it's just harder to kind of be that defense that just has that confidence and that swagger and and plays up to its expectations, and guys are I, I man, I don't know. I mean, I, everything I'm saying sounds stupid, but it it's it makes more sense than anything else. I don't know i don't I don't have an answer right now. I just hope that the defense bounces back so we can at least for a week stop talking about this because <laughs> I don't know I don't know what to uh what to say or do about this situation. The only thing I will say is maybe we should bring back Dom Capers. <laughs> I do feel bad for that guy because that guy had bad players, just straight up. And we knew they, that he had bad players. Petten, eh? And and the thing that kind of sucks about it is, you know, and this is this is true for Joe Barry too. We've seen it. You know what I mean? Like down the stretch last year, that defense was. A like top five defense. Same with Mike Pettin. Like we've seen this team play at a really high level. Now Pettin dealt with a lot of injuries. Like Zadarius went out, and like we just kept missing key guys like that. We lost Jair, or was that Barry? I can't remember. But um, it's real tough when we've seen it. When we've seen Jair play at an elite level. When we've seen Rashawn, and we've seen Zadarius, and we've seen Quay, and we've seen Devondre, and we've seen Razul. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to explain to me why the team is bad like it's you know again you can't sell me on the players are bad because I've seen it I know what a first round bust looks like we've had those two and they don't look like Jair I mean we've got one on the team now his name is Darnell Savage no offense Darnell you know the point is we've never seen it with Darnell Savage I mean, we saw, like, a game, but I'm not, I'm not talking about that. They had, like, one game where he was elite. Well, yeah, everybody does. I'm talking about consistent. I'm talking about ending the season as the number one corner in the NFL. That's different than having, like, a good game. I'm talking about Rashawn leading the entire NFL in pressure rate. Number one pass rusher in the NFL. I'm talking about Devondre Campbell, number one linebacker in the NFL. These aren't bust picks. So f- help me figure it out. You know, you got Matt LaFleur going to the, the podium and, and you know, again, his consistent standard is the players are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. At least that's the vibe he gives out. Help me understand why, Matt. Like, I I know you don't give a crap if I have an answer, but please help me understand this. Why are, are, are these players not able to do things? Why are they always getting tricked? Why are they always getting confused? Why are they always getting lost? Why don't they know what they're doing? Again, I mean, it's... It, it, is that it? Is that what we just settled on? They're they're really good football players, but they're really dumb. Jair, dude, he is elite. Kind of a dummy, but freaking elite. Like, I, what, what am I supposed to say? So, yeah, I mean, that's when we start hearing stuff like this, like, you know, kind of random beating around the outside of the bush, hacking away at different theories and thoughts, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it, and we can approach it from that point. You know, and again, you didn't deliberately say what you're saying, but, it, you know, it could be a culture thing, could be a GM thing in terms of not bringing in talent. It could be just a coach thing in terms of, you know, the coaches are so good they go on to get head uh, head coaching jobs. It could be, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, just that alone could bring up a bunch of different thoughts. I just, I, it, the reason it drives me crazy is it's like, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Some stuff you can kind of put your finger on. It's kind of like Jordan Love with his stats right now. Like, I cannot put my finger on what Jordan Love is. It doesn't make any sense. I can't figure out this defense. And it's not just, well, it's, it's been two weeks, give it time, like with Jordan Love. No, it's been like 20 years. 20 years of different GMs, different players, different defensive coordinators, same exact result every single time. What am I supposed to do with that information? I'm so confused. It's like, well, Joe Barry was a bad bad hire from the beginning. Look at his track record. I get that, and that's true. But that was the exact opposite case with Mike Pettin, and we still had the same result. Mike Pettin's never had a bad defense. Bah, 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 bah. Oh. If you can't tell, I'm starting to f I'm starting to slip a little bit. Like I'm 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 starting to break <laughs> with this defense thing. It's cause again, because I, I just can't figure it out. I cannot put my finger on it. And it's honestly part of it is everybody seems right to me. You know? Like everybody's saying stuff and I'm like, that makes sense. But that also makes sense. But then that doesn't make sense because they both make sense but why why does that make sense and why why is why, what what but uh and i feel like everybody wants to overly simplify the thing and it's like i feel like this is very far from simple if things were simple i think we just have a good defense but we don't so it's not simple so i don't know bro but i need a break <laughs> i i need to I need to cool off and i need you guys to not talk about the defense for a while because i'm just starting I'm starting to crack I'm just kidding. You talk about whatever you want. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, Ryan. Hey. All I wanted to call in and say was uh, Jordan Love is on pace for 61
5: touchdowns, zero interceptions. Talk to you later.
2: Did you say Jordan Love is on Facebook?
5: Because, uh, Jordan Love is on pace for 61 touchdowns, zero interceptions.
2: Talk on pace, to you later. On pace for... I was like, hey, just wanna let you know Jordan loves on Facebook. Like, oh cool, Are you friends or yeah, he's on pace for breaking a billion records and throwing almost no yards. <laughs> he's gonna throw for like two thousand yards and ninety touchdowns. Which again, that's another thing that's just gonna completely break my brain. But yeah, man, things look good and awful at the same time. So that's cool.
6: Hi, Brian, it's Rich again. Hey just man calling in with a couple more observations from the Mercedes Benz Stadium. All right. Um, first is, I was really impressed by the, um, this place called the Mac Shack.
2: Bro, please tell me they have mac and cheese and delicious chocolate shakes there, because that's what I'm picturing in my mind.
6: Which was, uh, they offered macaroni and cheese yes. together with, uh, brisket topping yes. or barbecue pork topping oh. and some others, other toppings like that. I've never I no seen shakes. anything like that, but combining mac
2: and cheese. Oh, I've had that and it's amazing
6: together with those items, I yes. thought was just ingenious. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I think it, that's something that should definitely be expanded upon nationally. Yes.
2: freaking McDonald should pick that up, bro.
6: Second was that um, it seemed to me they kept running, uh, the Falcons kept running to the right. It seemed like they were running away from Preston's side. Hmm. Um, I just I was I wondering why we couldn't set an edge on the other side. I guess we probably kept trying, guys. Um And, yeah, but they just kept getting shredded to the right. Uh, And on that note, yeah, it seemed like Rashawn was really quiet.
2: Let's see. Um, To the right, we had 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 runs, and there were 19 total. So fairly even split. It kind of looks like they either ran to the right on the interior or on the left to the outside. Just looking at the numbers. Although that's just Bijan. Um, let's see, 10, 17, 18, 23 to the right. And then 4, 8, 10, 15 to the left. Forgot what I said to the right, but I still feel like it's pretty close. But yeah, more to the more to the right, I think.
6: I don't know why. I, I Whenever Devontae Wyatt went in, I got excited. I was looking for him, but you could almost say it was a uh, quiet, Wyatt
3: <laughs>
6: and then uh the last was um the Falcons fans overall a really good group good didn't get uh, harassed too much of course we were up most of the game so uh but uh yeah overall good bunch and a really neat stadium so overall good experience go Paco take it easy
2: that's good yeah I mean I, I would love to one day be able to kind of tour some of the stadiums and um it's not the highest on my list, but it's definitely up there as far as just nice-looking stadiums, you know, um, a, a part of the country that I enjoy. We drive through there all the time on the way to Florida, so, I mean, at least it's it's in that direction. We always stay around there also, stop there on the way down. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely like to check that out someday and look forward to it. Glad you had a good time, man.
4: Eh? Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, hey. I had another positive. Add from uh, from some happenings today. Okay. Um, to be a Packer fan today, today is uh, the first time that Aaron Rodgers is saying crazy shit on the Pat McAfee show, and it's not our f***ing problem anymore. That's right, everybody. No more our problem. It's a Jet issue you now. <laughs> oh
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do the whole thing here. Or? Oh, I love this shit. Alright. I still haven't watched last week, so I should probably do that. I will say, um, first of all, I I really don't care about any. I mean, I find it entertaining what he talks about. I don't have any ill will toward him because of what he believes. I will say, though, and I could be wrong about this. I, I probably am. I do wonder if he's sort of trolling everybody by embracing the fact that everybody thinks he's crazy. Like, obviously, he believes a lot of stuff that's out there that I don't believe. But listening to him talk about mating dolphins, healing injuries, I don't know, man. I'm 50-50 on him just screwing around with people on that one. I don't know about that one. I mean, maybe. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him past him to believe it, but I also wouldn't put it past him to just lean into this and let people overreact so that he can come back and cut. I mean, that that is a classic Aaron Rodgers move. He's going to set you up so that you come in and say something, and then he's going to just lay the knockout punch. He did that numerous times with people. It was, it was actually quite impressive. He would kind of say something that maybe alluded to something, but he didn't quite say it, and then they would, the articles would come flooding in, and they would just say all kinds of crap that he did not say. Then he would give it some time, let it marinate. He wouldn't jump on social media like 90% of us would do, like jump on a media like, You're an idiot! I didn't say that! Nope! Let it go, let it spiral, let it grow, let it really fester, let the people lose their minds, let fans and haters and everybody just jump in, let all the takes come in. Then you come back and you're like, I don't know what these idiots are talking about, that ain't what I said, that was never what was said, here's what actually happened. Oh crap, now I look stupid. I'm just saying. that's And that's, I think, one of the only things I noticed from that last week's thing was the Dolphin thing. So I haven't watched it yet, I gotta get in there and check that out. I do actually find it entertaining. It obviously was much more entertaining when he was our quarterback, and it semi-pertained to us, and he was talking about, like, Christian Watson, who was a rookie, and we can kind of be pretty jacked about that stuff. But it's still interesting. It's still entertaining. It's still Aaron Rodgers. And um, he's still going to say some pretty out-there stuff, which I find fun and funny. I, just, I, I like people that don't give a crap. I really, really like that because we live in a world where everybody gives a crap about everything and every word everybody says is so calculated and everybody's so scared of saying this or saying that. I love it. I've been binging Norm McDonald highlights because he is the king of, I am going to go out of my way to say exactly what I'm not supposed to say, but I'm also kind of a brilliant freaking genius. And so I'm going to say it and then I'm going to make you look stupid for trying to trip me up and say that what I did was wrong. I mean, he was a freaking genius. And then on top of that, I saw, who's the other guy? Oh, who's the guy with the voice? (sighs) Gilbert Gottfried. Same thing. It's a slightly different tact. He kind of just gets away with it because he's kind of a goofball and everyone's like, hey, he's just a little out there, whatever. But he will go out of his way to just say exactly what you're not supposed to say. He says the quiet part out loud. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's thinking it, he's going to say it. Everybody's thinking, please, nobody say this, he's going to say that thing. I freaking love that. With a passion. Because I feel like we're starved for it. Some people just hate it. They're uncomfortable. They're like, let's all live in a world where we're in this protective little bubble and nobody says anything. But for the rest of us, we live in a sterile world and I'm sick of it. I don't like it. It's like Bubble Boy who just wants to touch grass. And most people are like, no, I like my bubble. It's safe and there's no germs in here and everything's nice and I get fresh air pumped in and it's great. And it's like, dude, I want to go play in the mud. All right, I want to feel the rain. I know it's cold. It's cold outside today. I want the rain hitting me. That's me. I don't like the bubble. I don't like being in this stupid bubble. I want to be out there where I'm free and can do whatever I want. When I see people rip open the bubble and go stomping through the freaking mud puddles, I just get excited. And Rogers is kind of that guy. I don't know how much I agree with him on, but I love that he just says whatever he wants. And when somebody says, "Hey, you can't say that," he just gives them the middle finger and says, "F you. I'm going to do whatever I want. Do something about it from your protective little bubble, sissy." And they're not going to do anything because they're hiding in their bubble. And I love that. It's just it's just refreshing. It just feels good. It's just like, oh, thank you. Oh, just, It's just like a weight off my shoulders when I hear people just say, F you, I'm going to do whatever I want. A lot of football players do that. No, it depends what they're talking. Sometimes it directly runs in contrast to what, what I would like to see happen, and that kind of ticks me off. But when it's just out there, like talking about, I don't know, UFOs or dolphin mating, like just, just do it, man. Just don't care about what people, go, go do what you want and stop caring about people and tell people that tell you you shouldn't say that to shut up
1: feels so good.
2: I like it. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, Ryan. Brian from Georgia. What up? Hey, everybody talks about uh, how young the team is, and we got to expect these games like we had uh, yesterday. However, it seems to me the veterans are the ones that let us down. I mean, how many times did Gary not secure the edge? Yeah. Douglas let Robinson down the sidelines for an open pass. Uh, Jair missed an interception. Savage and knock down the deep pass and then you have the offense and you've got dylan who can't stay on his feet or for whatever reason i guess his front toe plate is probably too too high <laughs> and then you also have barry you ever go uh roller skating that
2: stupid brake on the front Dude, that thing is that that'll get you killed I always went rollerblading, and then I tried roller skating. I'm like, this is going to be way easier because you don't have this tiny, thin little blade. You got these four things, like, wider. Like, dude, this is going to be a piece of cake. I almost died, like, 900 times. I could not figure that out. And then occasionally you're, like, trying to just go forward. You know how, like, you lift your heel when you're just kind of, like, walking forward. And that break will hit, and it's just like you just go freaking head first. That is just a little suicide uh, break there. Why would you put it on the front? Rollerblades have it on the back. That makes significantly more sense. Roller skaters are crazy, man. I don't understand it. But yeah, he probably has like that big brake cleat (laughs) of that one big rhino horn on the front of his shoe that keeps tripping him up.
1: Joe Barry, who plays the same scheme, and he keeps saying the players aren't making the plays. Well, then maybe you need to try something different. And then Matt LaFleur, who's the leader of the whole pack, Um, I think he... Let's this, some of this stuff go on. He's loyal to some of these players too much, like Dylan. I don't think he should have been in there in that third and one after he's tripping all day long before that. So just trying to get your thoughts as well, see what you think. Thanks. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I mean, you know, again, it, it, we have to have on some level a buck stops here mentality, right? Well, you know, we got players, but they're just not, they they're, they're not understanding what they're supposed to be doing. Okay, that is a player issue, but you cannot have coaches throwing up their hands and going, idiot, do it right next time. You have a systemic problem here that permeates the entire defense. I mean, are we really just saying that's a coincidence? Like every player on the defense just happens to not know what to do, and then we're just going to what, throw up our hands and go, well, they just need to figure it out. We got guys not making plays out there, and, and we can't have that. And so what, you're, you're going to go to the front of the room and give a rah-rah speech about we got to care, we got to try? Bro, they're confused. You ever had a really, really good teacher? You ever had a really, really bad teacher? Did it ever impact your ability to learn the subject matter at hand? Probably did a little bit, right? I'm just saying. Best teacher I ever had was in a technical college. It was a math teacher. I forget the guy's name. He lived out of a hotel. Just one of those guys who's a little bit out there. He's like, yeah, you know, if you, you could work out a deal with these hotels and uh, they'll, they'll let you do these long-term stays and it's uh, about as cheap as you can get for rent and it's great. I mean, they, they make my bed every morning and they got free breakfast downstairs and I got coffee in my room and I'm sitting there like, this guy's a genius. I want to live in a hotel. It'd be freaking amazing. Single guy just lives at a hotel, works at the college. But this guy was, was a freaking wizard. He came in and said, we, we have to, you have to unlearn addition and subtraction. And he tore down our complete fundamental understanding of basic subtraction. And, and one of the big things he did is we're no longer subtracting anything, you're adding negatives. And I don't even remember the reason for it, but it was from now on, a minus is now plus negative. And then on top of that, every single class, you have to take notes on every single thing I write on the board. I don't care if you throw those notes in the garbage. And he explained to us neural pathways and, and how memorizing happens. And that if you're looking at it, which you have to be to write the notes, and you're hearing it, and you're writing it, you're building neural pathways much stronger than if you're not. So it doesn't matter if you have the notes. It doesn't matter if you don't go study the notes. I mean, it would be beneficial, but that's not the point. Write every single thing I put on the board, and you can throw your notes out at the end. That that was the best class I ever took. And it was uh it was actually kind of cool because it was, it was technical math or whatever, but it's like we're going to start from like kindergarten math and run through freaking calculus. I freaking aced that class. He was an unbelievable teacher. I've also had teachers who wheeled in a television, put in a VHS tape, and played the episode of the History Channel that that was on at his house the night before. He recorded the History Channel, he played it for us, told us to take notes, and then at the end of class we had to read what our notes wrote. As he sat at his desk and played solitaire. That was not a very good teacher. So, I'm not saying I know what's going on, but I am saying that if your guys don't know what they're doing, and you're throwing up your hands in frustration with, well, these guys just aren't aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not following what we told them to do. I, I, I'm upset that you don't realize that's a you problem. You know what I mean? Like a little bit. I'm upset that the head coach keeps going up there and saying it's an execution problem. I mean, I know somewhere deep down you understand that at, that, at, at a core level it's still on you, but I would like to see you go up there one time and say, we are failing as coaches and we need to figure out what the heck is going on because we have a lot of talent. And for some reason, they're still not grasping what we're doing and we're failing this group and we're failing the organization and we need to get this figured out. No more excuses. Even if it's not even entirely true, that's the kind of thing that at the very least will galvanize the the, the players. But instead, we get the coach going up there going, man, I'm just, I'm frustrated. These guys are leaving plays out on the field and they're making mistakes and I'm just tired of the mistakes. It's like, yeah, we are too. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I'm going to come up here and talk about how these guys aren't doing it. And then we're going to tell them all over the exact same thing all over again. Look, here's what you're supposed to do, Dummy. So don't do that anymore. Thanks. They're not getting it, man. They're just not getting it. I don't. I don't. We go with the freaking defense again. Why aren't they getting it? Why are they not understanding? I mean, if it's just a dropped interception, that's that's not a that's not a this player sucks thing. That's not a scheme thing. That's not a defensive coordinator thing. It's just it's just a it's not a it's a nothing. It's it's throw it away. It means nothing. But if we're talking about like the, the when Bijan broke open to the on the on the wheel route. I don't even know who's supposed to cover him. I know the Falcons thought Quay was in, in man coverage. I don't know if Quay knew that. Razul seems to be taking most of the heat, but I mean they they deliberately were trying to pick or rub Quay Walker, and Quay didn't seem to be trying to get around him. He was he was just sitting there. I don't know. Maybe and maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was supposed to be Razul, but Razul certainly thought it was Quay. They didn't know. Somebody's supposed to cover the guy. But no, we left them go wide open down the field. Again, that's a, pro- that's, that's a player issue. Why don't they know what they're supposed to be doing? Why don't they know their assignments? It's the same scheme. You guys should be experts in this by now. Quay's going into year two. Razul's going into year three. You don't know what you're doing? Jair's letting a guy run right past him, and he's dancing around like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what do me? Am I supposed to go? No, no. It's all st- uh. You don't know what to do? Why are you confused? Is it too complicated? Is it not complicated enough? Like, I... I don't know, man. And again, I, I I, would love to assume that the coaches actually have an answer to these questions. They're just not going to give it to us. Like, they understand fundamentally where the problems are and all that. But I'm, I'm getting to the point where I feel like they don't. And they're kind of just throwing their hands up and they're like, well, I'm just going to keep telling them and I'm hoping they can figure it out. And that's the whole strategy. And Joe Barry goes to Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur's like, what the heck happened? He's like, well, look, I mean, I... I called a play, and he was supposed to follow him, and he didn't. And Matt's like, oh, what an idiot. I'm like, I know, right? What about this play? Well, I mean, I, he was supposed to do this, and he didn't. Well, what an idiot. I know, right? Well, yeah. And there's there seems to be no follow-up in terms of what are we going to do about this. And if there is, that, that doesn't seem to be working either because we're not making any progress here. So I don't know, man. We'll write it off as a bad day, and uh, the defense was caught sleeping. Players didn't show up for whatever reason, which is really disappointing because the big excitement this whole year has been the excitement in the locker room and everybody's fired up and everybody's ready to go and they're out there fighting for each other and the defense comes out flat. They're not tackling. They're not wrapping up. You know, the, the DBs decide they don't want to tackle in this game. I mean, I we, we just, I don't know, man. We we can't freaking have that. We can't. <sighs> I don't know. They like to talk crap. Time to start backing it up. That's all I know. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.